With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude rubbing these hands together like Birdman. Because I'm feeling it right now, man. Love for you guys out there. Friday swag away. Get that book. Let's get through it. 100K day and time exactly. When is that? Uh, it's going to happen in a couple of days, a few days, and you get some of these cards right here. Or somebody said, and, not or, and you get this jersey. I heard your ass out there. Give me both of them while you stop being cheap. All right. Well, you know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude. Let me tell y'all, man, I went to a conference yesterday. Now, I was really excited to go to this conference for two reasons. One, I was going to learn more about the game, and I'm talking about the game I'm in right now, sports media, right? So I was like, let me go there and get edumacated on what's going on in the game with cats that had bees in their bank account. I mean, the bees in the trap, like billionaires, right? Like a Stan Kroenke was there talking to him, and then you look around and you can see all these VCs execs. Okay. But that ain't the real reason I went, like everybody else, right? I love to be educated, but prefer to be entertained. Let's just say that. Well, my favorite basketball player in the world was throwing this conference. His name is Kevin Durant. Yes, KD was in the building. All seven foot of him, even though he liked to be 6'11". That sucker there got to be seven feet. So it was the boardroom. Everybody knows he's co-founded the boardroom with Rich Kleiman. Amazing job of what they've done and the growth that they have and everything under their umbrella. A um, couple players were there. Paolo, you know, rookie of the year, he was there. Banchero, uh, Jalen Green was there. Yeah, despite the viral video that y'all all clowned him on, he was in the house. That was great. Ran it to the CNBC president who threw the conference as well with the boardroom in partnership, right? So everybody knows CNBC, talk about some money, talk about CNBC. He pulled me to the side. He's like, hey, you don't know who I am, but I went to Holy Cross. Now, going to Columbia and playing against Holy Cross back in those days where Gordy Lockbaum went, 
it literally was like us playing Alabama, right? So I remember this game because most of the time people come up to me. I don't remember the game. I remember like if we won or lost maybe, but I don't remember the game. He was like, dog, you played against us and I was young. I wasn't even on the field, special teams. And now he's the president of CNBC is my point. But he's like, yeah, I was like a youngster and I remember you destroying everybody in that game. And then when you were getting drafted, you know how they run that montage of you like, okay, uh, best available draft prospects, Marcellus Wiley from Columbia. And while they're saying all that stuff about me, they run that video. He said the video and they were clowning in the frat house was nothing but me playing against Holy Cross for like minutes and just destroying the picking the people up. I don't remember all that, but I do remember being amped for that game because that was a step up playing a Patriot League from the Ivy League. So that was a fun conversation. Had an amazing time. Obviously, I got my picture with Kevin Durant. Y'all see it. It just, I talked to him. You know why I love Kevin Durant? One, because that sucker there is a pure basketball player made in the lab, in the gym, in heaven. That sucker, you just look at him. He's like just Bambi, just graceful, right? Silly. But more than that, I love his approach through social media, through his personality of humanizing himself. So he sees the fanfare. He hears what everyone says, good and bad about him. And he responds like, nah, dog, I ain't no star. Huh? I got a chopper in the car. Huh? He is more like, I heard y'all, and this is what y'all need to hear. I love his engagement. Y'all can say he's a troll or he should be too big to be responding. But listen to what you're saying if you're saying if Kevin Durant, a basketball star, is too big to just talk to another person that supports him. Think about that, right? So that's what I love about him. He doesn't just say trolling things. He says good things as well. Of course, that doesn't make the news. Salute to my favorite basketball player in the world. After that, I went to Craig's uh, for dinner. Craig's is a special spot in LA for famous people. I ain't famous. So when you pull up, it's so cute. Because when you pull up, you see the paparazzi there, and they sitting there, and they know who's coming and all that. And then if you, like me, not famous, guess what they do? Go back to Instagram. They go back to Instagram. Every now and then, if it's something big in sports, they'll come up to me. But nine times out of ten, I'll walk right in. And then right behind me is like Tom Hanks. And then it's like, oh, snap. You know, that's how it goes. So in L.A., get in where you fit in. Well, I fit in well with my wife. We were there. Our two friends. Uh, One's a big real estate agent out here. The other one runs all of Russell Wilson's and Sierra's business. That's a cool gig. You should hear his stories. Sucker, they'll be everywhere. I need to start tagging along with them, man, and kicking it with them. Had a great time. And now let's get to somebody who, at least for part of this year, won't have a great time. His name is Jim Harbaugh, Michigan coach. You know, I'm the one that broke the news years ago that he was going to Michigan. I mean, come on. I am Blefter right here, Adam Schefter in a different color. But the suspension and negotiations that he's having with the NCAA has not been finalized, but that four-game suspension is looming for Jim Harbaugh. Now, they're in discussions to try to come to some resolution. I don't know what that's going to be because it's kind of it's bold and explicit in the rule book of what the violation is and the result of that. So the looming suspension is tied to an NCAA recruiting violation, and it went back to a level one violation. What's level one? We all learned most serious kind for the NCAA and not cooperating with the NCAA as well. We're going to get to that in a second. So this all happened during the COVID-19 shutdown recruiting dead period. And the violations include impermissible contact with recruits, 
during the NCAA mandatory dead period. Y'all know the dead period. It's a time when you can't contact anybody. You got to respect that. Give these kids some space. Let them think. Let them live a normal life. I guess that's the reason, right? As well as he used the defensive analysts on the field for on-field coaching activities, which is another rules violation. All right, we're learning right now. Um, those violations came from an escalation of smaller violations, but the failure, y'all catch me here, the failure to cooperate emerged during the investigation. And then there were multiple meetings between Harbaugh and NCAA, which he refused to admit he lied during the investigation. Ah, Y'all know that's a running theme on this show right here, right? Like, if you make my job harder, I'm going to make your life harder. And that's what the NCAA basically say. Hey, bro, tell the truth. We kind of got you here. It's like the feds or anybody. When they ask you questions like that, typically they know the answer. They just want you to lead them easier to that answer. If not, they're going to find out the hard way, and it's going to be harder on you. So Harbaugh still has not acknowledged specifically that he misled or lied to the NCAA. Now, what's funny about that is he's getting charged with lying, and then they want him to tell the truth. He's like, nah, just keep the charges going, dog. Let's see what y'all going to do to me. It's a four-game suspension. So they're going to come to some resolution. They're going to figure it out, all the violations. Now, the four games he may miss is hilarious. They are beyond favorite in all of these games. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Ah, I mean, none of those teams stand a chance against them. So it's a four-game suspension, but against those four opponents, how much of a pinch is it? Also, how much of a pinch is it when your four-game suspension for a head coach would mean that Coach Harbaugh would be able to coach practice every single day of the week but not be allowed to come to the game or the stadium on game day? So basically, coach them up, get them ready, get prepared, because we know preparation is the separation. The game is just where you show what you already prepared for. And then he just at the crib chilling, watching them play UNLV, beating them 73 to 6, right? So my question is, one, is this enough of a pinch if he really violated it? But two, even if he did violate it, why are y'all really pressing this issue? Because the NCAA is really what needs to be highlighted here, not Jim Harbaugh and his indiscretions. The NCAA is caught up right now in this civil war of eras. The civil war of the era of the old regime, the old way of doing things, and this new NIL college football landscape, right? It's like NCAA and mess around and y'all may go away. That's what it's looking like right now. Like, because people are like, dog, these rules are archaic. You guys are now not only having archaic rules, but really trying to uphold them with penalty when you know what Jim Harbaugh really did. Let me tell you what the infraction was. He lied about buying recruits hamburgers with his own money. <laughs> That's what it went down to. Yes, really, in the age of NIL, where dudes I know have seven-figure deals. Yes, Caleb Williams is a millionaire off of NIL deals. And Harbaugh's coaching a top five team in our country, and he is about to miss four games because he bought some recruits burgers. I know what you're saying. A rule is a rule. Change the rule first. Don't violate the rule first. I agree with that. But let's just admit 
how idiotic these rules are and how they don't keep up with the times and then they punish you in the present for something that was written in the past that shouldn't be around anymore. So is this suspension really a suspension? And should it even be a suspension? Like, it's just so silly right here. I know that when I played at Columbia and because of the statute of limitations, I can say this now. <laughs> Whoa, I, recruit, uh, I had a couple violations. Let's just say that. I had a couple of my alums let's just say we're nicer to me than the average Joe. That's all I'm going to say. And I, and I enjoy those Nick games as well. Y'all figure it out. The love, yeah, baby. Friday Swagger Way, which member is going to win this? Oh, we shipping those things out. People getting that love. Or pick the exact day and time we go over 100. K -k 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 -k. And when you could get those and, yeah, I'm stopped being cheap. And you could get this jersey right here. From the now defunct San Diego Chargers. Well, they may be defunct, but the LA Chargers show ain't. They done paid my boy, Herbie. Okay, before I get into the story, I just got to let you know my Herbie story, right? So I was hosting the LA Chargers event, charity golf tournament, party, all this stuff, about a month ago, right? And I have not met Justin Herbert in real life, but I go to every single game and that's my favorite player. It was Lamar Jackson, but kind of getting weird a little bit of late and I just being available and all, heard a little bit. So I was like Lamar Jackson, but Justin Herbert, because I see him every single time at games, but I never met him in real life, right? So finally I'm at the tournament and I didn't even know if he was there and I didn't want to put myself in that position mindset to be disappointed that Herbert wasn't going to be at the golf tournament. So. I'm just riding around, but I'm like, damn, this is the house that Herbert is building, right? I'm just chilling. All right. Then I pull up to, I don't know, the 13th hole. And then I turn. And as I turn, there's a cart pulling in. And guess who's in the cart? Y'all know, Herbie. And then I run up to him like fan man, like straight up. Like, I don't give a damn. Like, dog, duster. First of all, I'm like this. I ain't even say like this. I say, this is Justin Herbert. That sucker there six six for real. Like, for real, 6'6". Six, six. He like, hey, Marcellus, nice to meet you. Now, first, that caught, caught me like, he was Marcellus. Now, I know I'm somebody, but I ain't Tom Hanks like I told y'all before. I could go to Craig's and not get a picture. But Herbert knew my name, right? So I'm pumped, and I'm like, man, you know you're my favorite player. I always rep for you. I got love for you, blah, blah, blah. And then he stopped me. He said, you don't understand. I grew up watching you. I love you. Sports Nation was my thing. And then it clicked. I was like, this 24-year-old... Oh, go back 10, 20, oh, carry the one. Yes, when I'm doing these silly shows and fun shows, kids are going home. Mom, 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 shh, be quiet. It's three o'clock, Sports Nation Zone, something like that. And then that kid is now this kid who I'm a fan of. Ain't that crazy how the world works? Anyway, let's talk about why we all a fan of him, especially the Chargers organization, because they paid him a super lotto prize, 262 and a half million dollars but now the pressure the heat is really on Justin Herbert five-year extension and we know that Justin Herbert has been putting up some crazy stats but it hasn't led to ultimate team success despite them making the playoffs last year I popping stats we get it and they got a loaded roster the Chargers are stacked but let's talk about what the Chargers were thinking here's a quote if I know one thing our players, front office coaches, we believe in him 100%. That's from the general manager, Tom Telesco. He's a perfectionist and how much he does in preparation for his job. When I've been around, all the great quarterbacks have that. 
as far as they what they do in the building to prepare for the next opponent and the amount of work into it. Then combine that with his physical ability. I ain't lying. We're extremely lucky to have him. Yes, they're talking about Herbert and betting on Herbert big to take them to a place they've never been, which is winning a Super Bowl. But at least get us to somewhere we've been once in our history. 64 years of existence. One time they appeared in the Super Bowl. Y'all remember when the Chargers were in the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was forgettable. <laughs> San Francisco tilted on them boys. I forget that final score. 50-something to 20 or something like that. It's crazy. So, Herbert, three seasons. Let's talk about him. His stats and his records are insane. Um, little trivia right here. Who has the most passing yards through a player's first three NFL seasons in NFL history? History. You know, every quarterback you can ever name him too. Yep, that one too. Who has the most yards? Justin Herbert. Herbie? Okay. Only player in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards in each of his first three seasons. Still Herbie. He joins Peyton Manning. <clears throat> Good company. Let's just say that. Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning as the only quarterback to pass for 25 touchdowns in each of his first three NFL seasons. Yes, that's Justin Herbert. Ah, now, I can hear y'all right now. All of those stats are cool. All of those stats are cute. Didn't hear Patrick Mahomes' name in there, despite Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback right now. So, how can we make sense of these stats? Because all of that says you should be the best. But you may be one of the best, but your team is not having the ultimate success. So, therefore, how good are you? That's the conversation that circulates around Justin Herbert. He saw him last year have the shoulder injury at the end of the season. It was his non-throwing arm, shoulder, so therefore he had the postseason surgery. Played with fractured ribs, still put up some crazy stats. But it's not about Herbert. Because me, I come from that mindset like before I could worry about wins and losses, I got to do my job. And sometimes people look at that selfishly. It's like, nah. I got to go out there and get sacks. If I'm Herbert, I got to get yards. I got to get points, right? I got to have a completion percentage that's high. I got to do my part. And then it's going to add up through osmosis for us to have team success. But somehow, some way, people get lost in that when they talk about quarterbacks. Ah, oh, how good is he? They ain't won. And then you show them somebody who does win with a quarterback you don't think that good. Like, let's say Eli, when you know or Mark Sanchez, who kept going to the AFC Championship game, people killing him. I'm like, wait a minute. Is it he is good because he got the stats, or he's not good because he doesn't have the stats? That's simple. But what about this one? They are actually doing well as a team, but is he that good? And y'all like, uh, uh, uh. And then where does Justin Herbert fit in there? So that's the conversation. But look at the team he got this year. Woo, we about to tilt. You got Kellen Moore now as your offensive coordinator, New Juice calling the plays. We got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams coming back on those restructured deals. Quentin Johnson got drafted in the first round. Another receiver. Austin Eckler got his deal amended, and he got some new incentives to go chase it. We got Trey Pipkins the second. We got Rashawn Slater coming back from injury. You got Bosa, Khalil Mack, Eric Kendricks, and Derwin James is coming back. What's the problem? What's the excuses here? No excuses, because now you got Herbert, who is now in the driver's seat, comfortably secure with that seatbelt on for five years, knowing he's leading this franchise. So, 
they put a huge bet on Justin Herbert. Y'all think that's a smart bet? Because I do. And if you can't bet on Justin Herbert doing his job like he has done his job so far in his career, then who can you bet on, right? A sure bet? Well, Patrick Mahomes is already taken. A sure bet? Is there another quarterback, Josh Allen, that's a sure bet? Joe Burrow, who's up next to get his money? Sure bet. But where are the sure bets? Huh? If you're talking about team success, I've named those. I don't even name Lamar Jackson if you're talking about a sure bet. But then when you start talking about, nah, he's just a baller. He always going to do his job. Justin Herbert is in that conversation. I just hope that it finally materializes for team success so y'all can stay off my boy Herbie because the dude is a top five quarterback in my book. My question is, is he a top five quarterback in your book? And do you think the Chargers are really a Super Bowl contender this season? Y'all better say yeah, because this show going to be nothing but Charger game videos of me clowning around with Herbert in the background just acting a donkey because we love going to those games. And do y'all think they're going to win a Super Bowl? Maybe not this year, but within the five years of this new contract, this new deal. What y'all think about those Chargers? Lights out. Remember that Deshaun Merriman dance or the Junior Seau boom or the Wally Buck the boat. Boy, my Chargers need to get over that hump. Damn, you wrote a book? Yes, I did. Damn, you want this book? Be a member. Friday Swagger Way. What else we got up in chill? Oh, boy. Got my breakdown of my stats and everything on these playing cards. It's yours. Damn, that's a whole lot. That's too many right there. And we got this straight out of Jersey. Wiley right here. Man, you imagine Justin Herbert, my quarterback? Godly. Joe Bosa on that side, Wiley on this side, coming around the corner, getting those quarterbacks. Yeah, I wish, just for the money alone. All right, let's talk about Saquon Barkley, speaking of money, because, man, I read this headline. I said, oh, I got to talk about this right here. They said he hurt every NFL running back with his hilariously bad extension. Now, why did that grab me? Why do hit dogs holler? Because when I saw that Saquon Barkley signed a new deal, you know you're watching uh, ESPN, breaking news. I was like, uh-oh, what happened? Saquon Barkley signs a new deal. I expected, you know, five years, something like 60-something, 70-something. And I saw one year, and then the player rep in me, the former player in me was like, one year? On a franchise tag, you signed in one year? I was like, uh-oh. And then I saw the amount. I thought after I saw one year, I was going to see $33 million or something stupid. I saw one year, $11 million or something. I was like, oh, that's all bad. But I'm going to have to dive into this and take y'all through this. So he was supposed to be, like Saquon, this agent of change, as they said, right? He was the first to break his silence about the running back pay controversy. I remember that in the offseason, saying he would sooner sit out than be underpaid. I'd rather sit out. Y'all ain't going to play me like that unless y'all pay me like that. I was like, all right, Saquon, say it with your big thighs, right? And then two days later, after the league has the top rushers all on Zoom, led by Chargers, Austin Eckler, who had his contract amended this offseason because he was kicking up some dust as well, they discussed their woeful pay system, and they had a coordinated response, which was – seeming like they were unified as a unified front. But then two days after that, he signs that 11 million deal with 
a $2 million signing bonus. I was like, oh, this is all bad. But the devil is in the details. Let's go here. This is one of, and I'm quoting a lot of this, but I'm feeling the same way. Most ill-advised, nonsensical contracts from a player perspective in recent memory. Yes, I am not going in on him. I'm going in on it. And it is what you signed this deal. Woo! Not only did he give up all his leverage right now, I'm going to walk with me, y'all, but he mortgaged away his future leverage, all for a lateral contract. Remember that he was offered a one-year $10 million deal. So he got a lateral contract with escalators that he probably won't hit. All right? Contract so bad that it's truly mystifying that him and an agent would sit there, look at these terms, and actually say, yeah, let's do this right now, especially after everything we've been through this offseason, right? Why would he accept this? Uh, when he was the one so adamant about, I ain't going to go out there and get played unless y'all pay me. So the franchise tag was 10.09. He ends up getting $11 million. Oh, but that franchise tag, if he would have signed it, would have allowed him to be a free agent in 2024 or be tagged just once more with a huge pay raise, right? But that was the deal he didn't sign. And that was the deal he found unacceptable. And that was the deal we thought he was going to hold out over. But now he signs this deal. Woo! It's the same deal, one year, 10.09, with the base and the performance bonuses of this. $303,000. Random. If he runs for 1,350 yards, $303,000 if the Giants make the playoffs, $303,000 if he records 11 total touchdowns, $303,000 if he records 65 receptions. Now, let's note why did they pick all those numbers and why did he agree to those numbers? <sighs> Barkley's never rushed for 1,350 yards, so that's one they thinking they're going to win. We'll see. He's recorded 11 touchdowns only once in his career. Tough one again. We'll see. He hasn't caught 65 passes since his rookie year. And last year, he was only targeted 76 times. So, either they're going to target you a lot more, you better not drop no balls, or else you ain't going to get that incentive either. And a third of the money is tied to the Giants making the playoffs in the NFC East that the Eagles and the Cowboys still exist in. Hmm. And who knows what's going to happen there this year. Why? Because their schedule is much harder this year than it was last year when they made the playoffs. Okay, so all of this, you could say, all right, Marcellus, you're making a bunch of noise about not that much. Ready for this? Here's the kicker. He gave up the ability to become a free agent in 2024 by signing this deal. They reset the franchise tag again. So now Saquon gets the same deal, basically, that he was going to hold out for. But next year, if he balls, guess what they do? Franchise tag him. Guess where he is? Exactly where he was just a week ago. About a week ago. With that Bobby Smurda up in there. Huh? And then they can tag him again. Now they don't waste it two years of your prime on franchise tags and you wasted one year signing a lateral deal. So that's three years from now, we'll be looking at Saquon tomorrow. Ah, ah. You ain't get exactly what you deserve, but you got a lot. 
I don't sneeze at the franchise tag like you, but DNs get paid a whole grip. So I think the franchise tag for a DN is north of 20 some million dollars. You tell me I get the average uh, top salaries of the top five guys at DN, even though I'm going to act like in public, oh, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Oh, come on, man. Give me your money. Me and my agent talking. I'm like, I could live off that franchise tag because they can only do it once. Oh, they could do it twice, and then that's it. So I can make four, two years, $40, 50000000 million, and then hit them over the head for that big deal. But I'm a DN. My prime is longer than even a running back's. Damn, Saquon, man, this is messed up. This deal set them cats back. They were talking all that before about how they were going to try and change and adjust the market. And Nick Chubb kept it real. He like, what can we do for real? Stop playing, dog. And I'm going to tell y'all why. This is a horrible deal. Not only is it the numbers, but you know that whole like fake tough stance that you're going to take? You know, man, like what, what, what? You know, everybody talks about their stance until it's time to stand. And I am not slighting Saquon for saying, hey, bro, I ain't going to mess around and miss $11 million. But that stance you took (laughs) is different than the stand you took right there because money talks. And no money, I get $11 million, no money talks even louder than money talks, right? So you're like, man, I can't be losing out on this money. But you know what messed this all up? And I'm just going to keep it real. Undrafted, low-round running backs coming into the league and balling out of control messed it up for the guys at the top, messed it up for the big dogs, right? Because you can never let a player that's perceived less than you do as well or more than you because guess what they're going to say to you? You ain't worth it. I go get anybody to do that. They start thinking that you're a dime a dozen, right? So team constructors, they're not stupid. They sit there and say, you're replaceable. Not just you, but that position is replaceable. It's a passing league, so you're already secondary to the passing game. And there are guys that are fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted that we can go get and not pay top dog who is in his prime or exiting his prime. So I just look at it all like, man, this is all bad. You look at a quarterback. A good quarterback, you never think he's replaceable. A good quarterback, you hold on to him for dear life. Like a real good quarterback. Tough sledding right here. So y'all, where y'all on this deal with Saquon? I feel bad, man. I I hate to see somebody get got like that. Why did you, why did we see Saquon sign this deal? Like, just give me something in the comments that I can hang my hat on and understand that. And did he screw the other running backs in the same position, in the same situation? Like Josh Jacobs. You know Josh Jacobs on the phone like, what the hell is going on right now? Hey, Saquon, he texting them all kind of memes, right? He's like, dog, you tripping. Jordan crying memes, all that. And, man, my last one is, y'all think this ever going to get fixed? Or the running backs doomed? Hey, fullbacks. Hey, fullbacks, here we come. Running backs with them as well right to the football player salary cemetery. Sad, sad state of affairs. Hopefully you balled out, Saquon, and go get your money again. Boy, double dutch. Who used to double dutch out there? I got third place in the third grade in double dutch in the whole school. Now, I I broke barriers. I'm a pioneer. You want to know why? Pretty obvious. 
I was the only boy in the competition and I got third place. Like all these girls out there doing it with their little beads in their head, they doing all that. And I was like, y'all doing too much moving. I was just like, that, 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 that. Cause I was running that track basically. They were like, damn, Marcel's could double dutch. It was weird. They was like, yo, where he get that kind of coordination? I was like, uh, running track. Y'all silly out there. Where's my medal? I should get a medal for being a pioneer of double dutch right there. We get this book right here. If you're a Wiley's World member, also get some of these playing cards, playing cards, or you can get this jersey, not or, and, damn, I'm cheap. I keep trying to go back to or, and you can get this jersey. All you got to do is say, hey, Marcellus, you're going over 100K this exact day and this exact time. All right, y'all, let's get into some future conversation because we're going to funk up, funk up some comments, yeah. Let's get to Cam Newton, who rips a young fan in a video. He said, when I grew up, we didn't disrespect those older let alone a professional athlete preach. We didn't care if they won a ring or not. They are the 1% of the 1%. This generation doesn't get that. And Cam gave him exactly what he was looking for. Hey, man, man, these kids today. God, dog, what's wrong with y'all? I mean, I'm generalizing to the fullest, but damn it, y'all shouldn't let me be in a position to generalize. If I see another person walking up to somebody unqualified with their merits, they ain't did what he did, and you ain't gonna even get a chance probably to do what he did. On your best day, it's his worst day, and you got jokes? Woo! Woo! I can't wait to see that same kid when he don't make it. I'm, yeah, yeah, do whatever you're gonna do in life. Be successful, homie, but you ain't gonna make it in the league, and then if you don't, which is the statistics, the odds, I ain't even predicting hell on you, just the fact of the matter, Cam Newton, not only did he make it, he was the best player in the league. NFL MVP for one year. Y'all got jokes. Woo! Follow that kid for me, y'all. I'm going to find that kid. I can't wait till he's 21 when he graduates college. I'm going to be like, what round did you get drafted? Oh, oh, oh. oh, and if he, hey, prove me wrong. That's the challenge right here. Prove me wrong. Uh, I'll give you this book. <laughs> Let me stop. All right, let's go to this one. <laughs> oh, I can't stand these kids. Professional athletes should not engage in this sort of behavior. Just ignore it. Mm. We'll then say more about the hecklers than Cam. Interesting. Makes Cam look petty doing that. Shows the fan got under his skin. Cam has low self-esteem. Oh, my God, really? By Cam engaging in this, the fan actually won. Oh, I'm sorry to hear this from you. Because you're coming from a perspective that you're looking up to Cam Newton instead of looking at Cam Newton and just respecting what Cam Newton has done as you see him. There's a difference. Like, Cam Newton is still a human being. So guess what? He's allowed to feel things. He's allowed to respond to another human being. And that energy can be transferred, right? You know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Only time that gets skewed is when we think higher of you than that. That said, Cam Newton didn't look bad in that situation. Cam Newton didn't start that situation. That kid had jokes. To me, unmerited jokes. Yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Oh, so what? He didn't, you see Charles Barkley. Oh, where your rings at? You imagine how dumb you sound walking up to Charles Barkley talking about how many rings he won. You're like, well, what? And Charles Barkley would have been a lot different than Cam Newton. Let's just say it wouldn't have been as nice as Cam Newton. So I'm not with that right there. Let's get to Michael Jordan who tipped only $5. He got five on it though. Workers should get paid properly in the first place and not rely on tips. Hey, man, like this whole industry is shot. Like y'all, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
You got a boss, but instead of coming at him and pressing him and changing that industry or getting a union or something, y'all coming at me with the side eye because I'm not giving you 20% because you didn't bring the fries out when they were still hot. Like, I just, I mean, good Lord, man, we can't get into this. All right, so member comment below. It's my man, Gringo Star, who says, ha, I didn't think you'd get into a conversation about tipping, but hey, since we are here, I'll give my two cents, cheap ass. <laughs> good joke. I tip everyone from fast food workers to bartenders, delivery folks, shoot, even tip strippers if a private dance was nice. How could it ever not be nice? My point, tipping at a place I frequent generally gets me remembered and treated better as a customer. That's facts. Yeah, you get burned every once in a while for tipping. I tip based on performance, professionalism, etc. I never leave people nothing, though. Generally, an act of kindness goes a long way. And that's loose calling that kindness, but go ahead. Vegas does have different tipping rules because it is such a service-oriented city. If I'm at the tables, I'll tip more so the cocktail waitress will keep coming back and serving them drinks. Marcellus, are you a Hennessy dude or a Cavassier man? Let's get a sponsorship for the channel. So it sounds like you work for one of them companies, if not both of them companies. And frankly, that's not my favorite dark liquor. I like me whiskey. I'm a whiskey man. Yes. Or reposado. I like reposado. But, you know, my favorite drink is alcohol. So <laughs> I love all types. So I take that as well. Interesting points you made right there. Um, that's the whole thing. Is it kindness tipping or is it obligation tipping? Like we're trying to figure out that and you illuminated some of that. All right, let's get the Pat McAfee show to ESPN radio. I genuinely think most of the reason Pat went to ESPN was to not have to pay for their sports rights, such as NFL, NBA highlights, etc. since ESPN already provides that interesting, which he catered the new studio for. So the show going to audio only or primarily is just a dumb move from all parties involved. Hey, let's see that. Um, nah, dumb is strong. Um, one, every show adjusts. Let me tell you what's happening with Skip Bayless right now and his show when they're two month hiatus. They are testing that show, testing people, people who may be on the show going forward or may not. I tested for Sports Nation day one. I was never going to be on Sports Nation day one. It was Colin Coward and Michelle Beadle. I tested with Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman wasn't going to be on Sports Nation. It was Colin Coward and Michelle Beadle. So the point is, they're just trying to figure it out. Is it a science? No, you just feel comfortable. Then you say, release it. And then as soon as you put it out there, you also learn from how you're receiving it as viewers. And then once they see that, they make more edits. This show, Never Shut Up, has changed from hello to right now, right? Started off, John Brinkus and I was doing it. Then it was just me. Then it was Mikey P. Then it's back to me. I don't know who next. Got to find somebody. Maybe Max Kellerman. That's the point. No slight to anything. Yes, you always are weaving, trying to find that secret sauce that is so hard to find. All right. Last comment right here. Pat show was so successful because it wasn't ESPN or Fox. That's the only reason it was different and they cussed and far more enjoyable than first take or undisputed. I hear you. I want to be positive, but give it some time and it will be like every other show. Damn, y'all got a doomsday scenario for this dude, man. I'm rooting for him. Even if y'all right, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him because he was the guy that they told no. 
You can't work at ESPN on that level. And why am I rooting for him? Because I was there. I was on that level he was trying to get to. And this sucker done passed me by a thousand times. And I applauded. I told you the way I get jealous is I'm coming to get you. Not you come back to me. Uh Uh-uh. Keep running. Go, Pat. Keep going. So the go, Pat is ESPN. Go back. They went from, nah, dog, you can't even be on NFL Live to we'll pay you $85 million to come here and do whatever you want to do and some of what we want you to do. Come on, y'all. Salute the man just for that. Oh, man. All right, let's talk about a Hall of Famer right here. Oh, I want to see if we got my man Cobra in the building. You know, he a two-time champion this week alone, and Cobra comes out the corner. Hey, it feels good to be back, man. I had to rock the all-YT today, so you can't make fun of me. You know, I'm not sensitive either way, but, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it, man. You look fresh, too. Let's do All right, man. So you know what today is. Would you rather Wednesday? So Uh here's an example. I'll ask you, would you rather a question like, would you rather go a week using the Beyonce lemonade diet or a week without Internet? Which is a tough one, but I've done both. Right. And you will respond (laughs) with something like the Beyonce diet. Of course, I don't know how Cobra went a whole week without the Internet. So it'll it'll play like that. Yeah, I love that. I love I've I've never went a week without the internet. So yeah, that diet. I've done that diet before. It's hell, but I go back to hell. No internet, that's killer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So here we go. So it's it's two of your former teams. One has only won it in the AFL and one has the storied history of winning Super Bowls. Who would you rather see win the Super Bowl this year? The Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, thank God. Thought you were going to say Buffalo or San Diego. I was going to have a choice. Um, I thought Buffalo about that. Or Dallas, I thought about it. Yeah, Buffalo or Dallas, too easy, Buffalo. Like, Dallas, to me, I don't look at Dallas like everybody else does. Like, when they going to win again? I'm like, what do you mean again? They already, they man, I remember winning three out of four. I was like, that's good for my lifetime. And everybody else, I'm like, y'all on borrowed time because Jerry done did it. But then when I look at Buffalo, I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> They have nothing to show for that in terms of the Lombardi Trophy. So give them their first instead of giving Dallas, what, their fifth or something like that? I'm good. Go to, go to Buffalo. Yeah, I get that. But, I, you know, I'm rooting for the Cowboys, man. I'm tired of all the hate on Dak. And even uh, Mike McCarthy said this is his most talented team he ever had. So it's not even on Dak. It's really on him now. And he put it on himself. So, you know, I want to see them pull it out. Oh, that's a deaf sentence when someone says talent. Hey, let me tell you why the most talented players you've ever seen in any sport from birth to now. There's some of those guys on that list that didn't go pro. Like I know for me, the most talented guys I see Stace Bozeman, uh, uh, Obi Moore in track. Uh, let's go. Keith Wall Green in football. Y'all may not know them names, man. Them suckers were 10 times better than me in what I played. But they didn't make it. So I never go that talent game, man. It's like this gumbo of talent, chemistry, professionalism, discipline, etc. Point being, Mike McCarthy, you're going to have to convince me more than just talent because that usually doesn't win at all. Right. All right. So the second question, the would you rather, would you rather mm-hmm. start your NBA franchise with Shaq and Kobe or Jordan Pippen or... Steph and Durant, all in their prime. 
Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Woo-wee. Um, in the prime, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, there's so every one of them is going to attack you differently. But I would have to go with Kobe Shaq because Shaq was the most dominant. The yeah, the most unguardable specimen. He wasn't even a man. He was a mammal under that damn rim like dog. It just it looked like Discovery Channel sometimes how he just destroyed cats. You're like, dog, he eating that dude alive. So it would be that. And then you got Kobe. Come on, Mamba. Mamba in his zone. Insane. So that's too close to Jordan. I take that. I'm like, I'm fine. And Pippen is amazing. But who, who going to deal with Shaq and KD, my favorite player, him and Steph, slightly redundant. Um, KD down in the block with Shaq ain't, ain't pretty. Uh, so, yeah, it got to be Kobe Shaq. What you smelling? Hey, yeah, I agree. Kobe Shaq, easy. You know, the one-two punch inside, outside in their primes. I agree with you on that one. I got a little nervous when you started talking about Pippen because, you know, he'd be firing back on people. So you had to – you had to, I was like, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there. We don't want that smoke on this show now. Hell no, I ain't scared of no Scotty. No, man. I'm not good enough for Scotty to fire back on. He only only hate on the legends. He don't hate on just the homies. (laughs) So, no, that's love, man. I appreciate you, Cobra. You know, people have been telling me on the low low, like that dude Cobra, special when he comes on, man. They love the energy. Nah, man. man. Nah. I don't try and be humble so you get more comfortable. (laughs) <laughs> nah, you want me to be comfortable, so I'll come back on with a regular T-shirt so you can clown on me. But nah, here we go. <laughs> hey, tomorrow is uh, Pickleball Thursday, so I'm going to watch your show from the sidelines, man. So have a good one. Oh, love, man. I can't wait to whoop his ass in some pickleball. Somehow, some way, we're going to make that work because I think I could get Cobra, man. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we end every show. We ended with a Wileyism. if I can speak. God dang it. Let me get a little something. I'm parched. Ah, you ready for this? This hit me before, and this is going to hit y'all right now. When you take things for granted, the things you are granted get taken. <laughs> Woo! No lie there. Oh, man, when you just like, oh, I can skip square one, step one. I'm taking that for granted. Uh-oh, guess what? It's like almost like the universe says, give me that back so I can remind you of how precious this is. You know, the first example I think about in sports sophomore slumps sophomore slumps is this because your first year you're so nervous and oh my god I'm green wet behind the ears what's gonna happen and you have success beginners luck whatever you want to call it early fast success ha ah, some guys fall victim to taking this for granted whatever that this is football basketball sports Life, second year at the company. Oh, man, I killed it last year. Got my bonus, so I'm not going to put in the same amount of hours. Oh, man, I killed it last year. Rookie of the year. Man, I ain't even got a trip on that. I already know that coverage. I ain't got to work on that one. If you skip square one, oh, square one going to yell back, hey, man, come back here. Get over here. We here for you, boy. You got to start all over again. So don't take things for granted, man. I remember when I was playing, the hardest part, was having that success and those pats on the back and still having to go back to the drawing board, to the lab, and figure out what you're going to work on. I'm not a big believer that you learn more when you lose. I don't like that. 
I like to learn when I'm winning. It feels good, but guess what? I'm going to keep going. And people always say that, but then they don't check themselves when they say that. The legends, they won a ton. Like Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt was so dominant on top of just being the fastest man ever, world record, of course. But when was he losing? No. But when was he learning? All the time. He was learning while he was winning. He didn't have to lose to be like, you know what? I should pick my knees up a little more. You know what I mean? You know what I need to do? I need to have better form down the stretch. No. Sucker was winning and learning. People, y'all need to stop because y'all say these things and then these kids hear these things and because they're so young, they think that's the law a natural law when it's not true. I had a kid on my team. We've only lost one game in the last two years. And he said, and I want to quote him, but basically he's like, man, when we lose, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. And I was like, wait a minute. First of all, when we lose, why we got to lose? Second of all, who said we ain't learning? Like we, I'm adding new plays every week. Y'all doing better every week. Come on, y'all give yourself some credit. So just in simple, When you take things for granted, the things you are granted get taken. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.